Our text this morning is from Psalm 138. So I invite you to find that scripture in your Bible or the Pew Bible in front of you. It'll also be on the screens as well um, because we're going to spend a, a great deal of time in this beautiful psalm that I love. And uh, I hope that it, by the end of our time this morning, is something that you cherish as well. We're going to look at Psalm 138. And if you're able, would you stand in honor of God's word this morning as we read? I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted your name and your word above everything. On the day I called, you answered me. You increased my strength of soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise you, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth. They shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he perceives from far away. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve me against the wrath of my enemies. You stretch out your hand, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. The word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. So as many of you are aware, May was the hottest May on record for central Missouri. And June is like, wait, let's keep a trend going, right? Yeah, it was, it was warm. And so I really do blame everyone that complained about what a long, cold winter we had. And that includes me, because I did the same thing. So Memorial Day weekend was an exceptionally hot weekend. And on that Monday of Memorial Day, I was leaving with our seniors on our senior trip to North Carolina. So on Sunday, I really wanted to get in one more walk before we had the long drive there. It was 95 degrees and full sun, but I was determined to get it done. One of my favorite places to walk is Cole County Lake. It's near my home. It's a beautiful lake and a beautiful path, and there are a handful of shade spots as you walk around the lake, but they pass pretty quickly if you keep your pace. Well, that day, the geese were crankier than normal, which is really cranky, And there was no one else there at the lake, which told me that either I'm the only individual in our community dedicated to personal fitness, which I can hardly say without laughing, or um, I'm lacking some cognitive skills, which is probably where it's at. So on the third lap around, I really sincerely began to question whether I was going to make it back to the parking lot. It was so hot, and I was depleted. And the sun seemed hotter, the parking lot seemed farther with every step, And I honestly was beginning to plot who I could call to come drive me the last 1,500 feet without judgment. I noticed a change in that moment almost instantly. A breeze started to pick up, and there was a coolness in the air, and the shadows seemed to pass over me and the lake. And so with cautious optimism, I looked to the heavens and saw a small cloud move between the sun and me. It was glorious. 
And it moved so slowly that as I walked back to my car, I was in shade the entire rest of the way. I took a picture of this cloud that day because the sermon was on my mind, and for some reason I thought I might want to share it with you. That's the very cloud that was my gift that day that helped me get back to my car. I'm really utterly grateful for that moment, that reprieve from the heat, for that little window of rest. It put a new song in my heart and a new step, a new spring in my step, not enough to do a fourth lap. I knew it was a small window of mercy, Um, but it was a gift. I'm not going to say this morning that God put that cloud there, but I'm not going to say God didn't either, because in Scripture, God does great, amazing things with clouds. And actually, biblically, a lot of times, clouds is referring to the divine presence. So, was God with me? Did God bring that cloud or not? The answer is yes. Under the protection of the cloud, I learned a couple of things as I walked the rest of the journey. The first thing was, I was grateful. I was incredibly grateful. I was grateful for the break. I was grateful for the breeze. I was grateful for the shade. I was grateful that my car had air conditioning when I got back. I was grateful for the birds and the trees, not the geese, but everything else. And I hadn't been able to appreciate them before. And the other thing that happened is that I remembered that moment reminded me of all the times that God had been faithful in my life. When God had shown up in some way and provided me a reprieve, that he had taken care of me, that he had given me the strength to get through a really tough journey. Those things came to mind under that. And so when I think back on that week two weeks ago, I don't think about the heat. I haven't forgotten that the heat was there, but that's not what I think about. What I think about is that moment I had with God and his faithfulness to me. Psalm 138 is written by one who is looking back on a long, hard journey, having come through it. Someone who was on lap three in the oppressive heat and not sure they were going to make it, and then a cloud appears, and they live to tell about it. It's a song of thanksgiving for deliverance and a testimony to what the Lord has done in their life. So this isn't a psalm crying out, where is God? This is a psalm saying, God has been here all along. We don't really know what exactly happened. The psalmist describes what he's been through as a day of trouble, a day of distress, some really tough times. We don't know whether they were physical or emotional or mental or spiritual. We don't know if it was financial peril or military threat or family issues. We don't know if it was an individual journey, if it was a journey of, or day of trouble for a family or community. We don't know any of those things. But what we do know is that the way the psalm talks, the psalmist talks about this day of distress, everyone in here can relate to that. Everyone at some moment has had a day of trouble uh, in their lives. The psalmist now looks back on that dark valley as a time not of trouble, but a time when he called out to God and God answered him. The time when you, he says, increased my soul of strength. His passage through that time of crisis quite literally put a new song into his mouth, the song that we continue to sing today in Psalm 138. Can we think of experiences or journeys that we've been on where God has walked us through that? Like now that we're on the other side, that we can look at a day of trouble that in the mist looked like it would never end, that a new day would never dawn, 
but it did, and now we can see how God was present through that whole journey. It's been 12 years since I walked a very dark and difficult journey when I was dealing with depression, severe depression. It was more than a day of trouble, over a year of days of trouble and distress. Months of walking the third lap in oppressive heat without a cloud in sight. When you're in the mist, you really have a hard time seeing anything good or having hope that there's something around the bend. You have no song to sing, and even if you do, you don't have a voice to sing it with. My cloud finally arrived in the form of a counselor and medication, both gifts from the Lord. And after a lot of time and healing, I look back on that day of trouble now as a time when, like the psalmist, God was with me. God, I called out to him, and he answered me. A time when people were around me who loved me and were faithful, and I just couldn't see it where I was on that journey. Psalm 138 is my song, just like the psalmist, when I look back and say, thank you, God, with everything in me. Thank you for your faithfulness. When I called out to you, you answered. Thank you. The beginning of Psalm 138 is completely about gratitude. It's about being devoted to thanking God for his faithfulness when we were in this deep valley or trouble. It's praise for answering God when he called out to him and showing up. And as Professor Walter Brueggemann states, liberation from crisis has a stunning effect on worship. Stunning effect. It's part of why when I read Psalm 138, I can remember what I've been liberated from. And it moves me to tears when I read of God's faithfulness and steadfast love. What crisis has God liberated you from? What trial or painful journey have you been on in which you've seen God bring you through that? This morning, I want each of us to answer three statements. And I want to encourage you to write down your answers on the notes part of your bulletin or in a notes app on your phone. Um, or you can put answer it in your mind and hold on to that thought if you really hate conformity. And you have a steel trap. That's fantastic. I really want you to engage these statements as we go through this morning. And here's the first one. I want you to write down or think of your response to the statement, a difficult journey God brought me through. What is a difficult journey that God has brought you through in your life? And if you're here this morning, you don't think or feel or can recall a time when God has done that. Just write down a difficult journey that you've been on. Uh, Maybe this morning through the work of the Holy Spirit and things you hear, God might show you where he was during that time. But if not, that's okay too. And now we're going to experience a rare moment when a pastor is quiet for a few seconds to allow you to really think about this question. So the first part of Psalm 138 is gratitude. The psalmist then moves into a long series of verses that focus on another aspect. It's how he experienced God and what he learned about God's character from what he went through. 
Several verses references. Verse 2, he says, Give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Verse 5, Great is the glory of the Lord. Verse 6, You regard the lowly. Verse 7, You preserve me against the wrath of my enemies. Verse 8, Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Starts, I'm so, so grateful of what you've done in my life, how you brought me through several verses of, here's what I learned about you, and here's how I'm praising you, because this is who you are. You are steadfast. You are faithful. You protect me from my enemies. You help me persevere. The day of trouble that the psalmist experienced has either taught him for the first time or helped him to remember or experience for the first time what he knew to be true about God. Because it's really one thing to say that God is steadfast in love. It's entirely different to experience God's steadfast love. Difficult moments in our lives become schools of learning. We learn about ourselves. We learn about our fears and our weaknesses. We learn about our courage and our strengths. But we also learn a lot about God. We learn what it means to really trust God in the unknown, and he is trustworthy. We remember that God is patient and tender, that he is strong and faithful because we experience it firsthand. And when we have firsthand knowledge... As the psalmist proclaims, we know God's love and faithfulness, and it changes things. So here's the second statement I want you to to respond to. What I learned about God's character during my difficult journey. So the difficult journey you thought of earlier, I'm going to give you just a few seconds to think through. What did you learn about God's character on that journey? When you think about those two questions and you answer them, you have the beginning framework for your own Psalm 138. You have the story that the psalmist is telling us this morning of gratitude for God bringing you through something and what you learned about that. You have recalled a day of trouble, and hopefully you have seen God's faithfulness through that. That leads us to the kind of third and final statement that I want you to think about this morning. The Hebrew word that is translated to give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart, in verse 1, is more accurately translated in the context of to cause someone else to know, or to profess or confess to someone your gratitude. According to Professor Rolf Jacobson, giving thanks Old Testament style has less to do with some internal feeling of gratitude and more about sending a thank you note, confessing to another your gratitude. And the thank you note that God desires is to tell others what God has done. To tell your story over coffee. To share a post on Facebook. To share your story through video like Beth did this morning. To sing a song. To weave your confession of gratitude into everyday conversation with someone. I have a friend who's an alcoholic and Um, She's celebrating over two years sober. But one of the things I love about her journey is that regularly on Facebook, she will post her story. And every time she does that, it is full of gratitude for God who brought her through that. And every time I read that, she encourages me. She reminds me, yeah, that's the God I know. That's the God I've experienced. He brought her through that. He's brought me through this. And it continues that feeling of gratitude. And to everyone that reads that, 
She's reminding them of what God has done in her life. Thousands of years ago, an individual just like you and me wrote down his journey, his day of trouble, and that he found the Lord faithful and steadfast, and he created a new song in his heart, a song we still sing and talk about today, a song that blesses us for thousands of years. So how can you confess your gratitude to God this morning for his faithfulness, not just for your benefit, for his glory, but for the benefit of others? What thank you note can you write to glorify God and encourage others, just as Psalm 138 is doing for us this morning? So here's the third statement I want you to think about. How and to whom will I share the story of God's faithfulness to me? Everything you just thought of. Gratitude, Old Testament style, is to share a thank you note to confess to God and to others what God has done in your life and how it might bless how it might bless. There's another reason why I think it's really important for us to tell these stories, to write them down, to remember God's faithfulness in our lives. Because since that hot walk two Sundays ago, I've been on some other hot walks and no cloud appeared. I never thought there would be a cloud hanging over me the rest of my life. And I don't want one either. So, author James Mead says, a realistic faith capitalizes on the so-called good times by growing deep in the knowledge of the triune God whose kingdom rule is sure. This growth prepares believers for the bad times when doubts arise and it's difficult to identify, much less rejoice in what is praiseworthy. He's saying those good times, those moments, can help sustain us in the times when we begin to doubt again and we don't see a cloud in the sky And we're unsure of God's faithfulness. In my life, those times come back up and I remember, no, no, he has been faithful to me. He will continue to be faithful to me in the days ahead. We build mental and literal altars sometimes where we've met God so that we can return there when we are going through a new day of trouble. One day, because it's life, you're going to find yourself on the third lap again, wondering when a cloud is going to come to help you. Psalm 138 and the psalm that you're writing today will be clouds for you in the days ahead. And possibly clouds for people who really need some encouragement as well. The power of sharing our stories, our confessions, our thank you notes of God's faithfulness is that God can use them to let someone know they aren't alone. Your thank you note to God that you proclaim to the world might be the cloud that God sends to someone else on their third lap. See, after a lot of healing with depression, that took quite a bit of time. I began talking about it. I've talked about it here before and with the youth and on several different occasions. And one of the things that amazed me was that how many people responded, you too? Or they'd say, what are you taking? I'm taking. And I simply had no idea how many people struggle with depression until I began talking about my own story. See, depression is a very lonely, lonely experience that's hard to understand unless you've walked it. That's why I think it's a gift in my life, because I would not have understood it before. And because we don't talk about it much, it stays in the dark. When we share our stories and when we talk about these things and we confess God's faithfulness in those stories, we bring them out into the light where healing can happen 
and where people can learn they're not alone. So what if you're here this morning, or you're listening to this sermon later, and you're on the third lap right now? Beaten down by the sun, and unsure if there's a cloud coming your way? What if you're beginning to doubt God will ever provide one? This week, our culture has been shocked by two celebrity suicides. A report was published this week that said suicide rates in 26 states have increased over 30% in the last 17 years. Over 30%. In Missouri, over 36%. A lot of people are hurting. A lot of people are exhausted and don't believe a cloud is in sight. If that is you this morning, or if you know of someone who is struggling to have hope that a time of struggle, a day of trouble, will give rise to a new day, be encouraged this morning. May Psalm 138 become a cloud for you. May our stories of encouragement and God's faithfulness be something that you can latch on to And perhaps believe that that same love and faithfulness is promised to you as well. But if they don't bring you that today, it's okay. You know, some teach that the only solution to depression is more faith. And that is an absolute lie. It's one more weight of shame we tie on people's necks who have the weight of the world already on them. See, during my journey with depression... I am so grateful that I never doubted God's presence and his faithfulness to me, and I never felt judged by him. God was my faithful companion in the pit, steadfast in love and mercy and tenderness. God led me to other resources. He led me to a counselor who helped me and who listened a doctor who listened and provided me with medication that my body needed to produce more of a chemical that was depleted. Those were clouds along my journey. I didn't lack faith, and and I didn't think God was ever punishing me. I was simply walking through a long day of trouble, a day that eventually gave way to a new morning. I want to share two resources that everyone should write down this morning. Maybe it is for you, maybe it's for someone you know, or maybe it's for a time down the road. But please note these two numbers if you don't have them already. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline number, 1-800-273-8255, or the Crisis Text Line. Some of us aren't phone talkers. You can text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741-741. You'll reach someone who will walk through that moment with you and encourage you and listen. Uh, It doesn't even have to be suicide. If you're going through just a crisis, a really hard time, um, they're available. If you're going through that, let me just ask this morning that you take one small step and just let someone know how exhausted you are and that you need a little bit of help. It's not easy. Um, It's difficult. But it will help. Call the lifeline, text the crisis text line, reach out to a family member or a friend or someone here at the church, allow us to help you on this day of trouble. I know it's hard because I remember when I finally um, was ready to call a counselor. 
And I called the number, and the receptionist told me that she was entirely booked, not taking any more appointments. Uh, and I wept. Because I thought that took everything I had to make that one call. But she gave me a number. I called another counselor, and she was the perfect fit for me. And that one call made a huge difference. Let me encourage you. I know it takes a lot of energy, but just do that one step. Let us walk with you. God loves you, each one of you, and we love you too. We are here to share our stories of God's faithfulness, just as the psalmist has done for us this morning. It's for our benefit so that we remember how good God is. It's for the benefit of others who need that encouragement. And it's for the glory of God, for sure. I want to close by reading Psalm 138 again, because it's such a beautiful psalm, and it's the point and the heartbeat of this morning. And may it be a confession of this family of faith, a thank you note as we remember God's faithfulness and his steadfast love to us over all these years. We give you thanks, O Lord, with our whole heart. Before the gods, we sing your praise. We bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted your name and your word above everything. On the day we called, you answered us. You increased our strength of soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise you, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth. They shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, for the haughty he perceives from far away. Though we walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve us against the wrath of our enemies. You stretch out your hand, and your right hand delivers us. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for us. Your steadfast Lord, love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Let's pray. God, we rejoice this morning. We are full of gratitude at how good you are. Full of gratitude to those throughout our history, have recorded their stories, their thank you notes to you so that we could read them and relate and believe that you are still to this day, God, steadfast in love and faithful to us. Father, give us the courage to share our stories, to share our thank you notes out loud so that you can bless others, bless us and the world, and that you might be glorified through all things. This morning, God, we pray for those that are hurting for those on the third lap. We pray that you'll let them know that they are so loved and that day of troubles do end and new mornings do come. We pray that you'll help us to be a family of faith that's sensitive, that's compassionate, that's tender, that fights for others when they're tired, that walks alongside one another in days of distress. And this morning we just proclaim your goodness and your love, and we worship you with that knowledge and truth. In your name we pray. Amen.
I want to encourage you to uh, follow up on the three things. To think about this week, God's faithfulness in your life, what you've learned about God, and then to share those stories with one another um, as we continue to live out our mission as we leave this place this morning.